Welcome to Episode Party, the podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Tudor. I'm Freddie Harrison. And our guest on today's episode, uh, we are very delighted to have multidisciplinary artist Phoebe Wang. Hello, Phoebe. Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's really great to have you. Um, Thank you so much for having me. You're here to talk podcasts, as we always do on this podcast about podcasts. Um, I'm going to kick off uh, with our first of three recommendations. So this is my recommendation. And the podcast I've recommended is a show called Hi-Fi Nation, which is a show about philosophy and ideas uh, presented and primarily created by Barry Lamb, who's a former episode party guest, although he does lots of other things as well. Um, I, I find this to be a really interesting show. So I'm very much into shows about philosophy, although a lot of the shows that I listen to on that subject are too people generally having a big old rambly chat which is absolutely fine and that does lead to some interesting territory a lot of the time and some arguments which are always and generally very interesting but what i love about hi-fi nation is that it's a show which is curated in the style of say uh, I, I don't know the kind of radiotopia sort of shows and yet it also has this philosophical underpinning. So it's very kind of finely curated in terms of its production. But I think the ideas are allowed to flower outward in lots of lovely directions uh, a bit more than they usually are in this kind of uh, produced show. I mean, what I think is really quite unique is that uh, you do have a lot of podcasts which centre on storytelling, which kind of start with a general premise or a theme and then whistle down into the anecdote. Whereas a lot of episodes of Hi-Fi Nation uh, start with a, a story and then gradually get into more abstract terms and kind of end in these gigantic, broad discussions, which I think is very much a kind of philosophical way of approaching storytelling, which is to, you know, question why and why over and over again until you get to the point where you're asking about a lot of very big and heavy stuff. Um, so the episode that I asked you guys to listen to is one uh, called freedom and hostile design and it's basically about uh, defensive architecture and hostile architecture which are features of public spaces that are designed to uh, deny a certain behavior or, or prevent places from being used as centers of, of, of social connection so there's a story of, of an artist who noticed uh, spikes placed on benches and other surfaces to stop homeless people from sleeping on them and so she glued this giant mattress to a bed of spikes with this really tacky glue uh, installed a little library with books about gentrification uh, and wanted to start basically a dialogue about the role of public space and that's where the podcast essentially goes uh, so when I refer to the podcast broadening into these grand ideas in this case it's very much about the role uh, of public spaces and the rights that we have to access them and I love the way that the podcast navigates through this discussion and approaches the various points brings in different voices as well to to um, uh, to cover those various points uh, and I came out the other side feeling like I was thinking about the question of public spaces with a, with a lot more depth than I usually do and also as well 
the kind of ugly features of hostile architecture like horizontal services with spikes on them which i have seen in public uh, it's nice to be able to think about them with with perhaps greater gravity than i did previously uh, i think barry's a good host i mean we've had him on before he seems to be a bit of a, an expert with all things radio. I think he pre- uh, hosts this in a very concise way, which I guess is always dangerous when it's a philosophy podcast that you could ramble into infinity. But yeah, I, I, it's one that I've been really enjoying. So Freddie, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't want to repeat everything you've just said, really. But I I think with a philosophy podcast, like you say, it's really easy for it to kind of spiral out into a huge rambling discussion. And I think, what Barry's done really nicely is package it up into something that's a lot more manageable and has a like a start and an end point that seems to like sit well um because I always find that kind of philosophical discussions tend to tend to go on to a point where there are no answers or no definitive answers that you can kind of wrap up a conversation with and I think he, I think he's done a brilliant job of of squeezing it into a narrative without taking away too much of the discussion um or without you know stopping it too short um and you know the the episode itself is a, is a is a really really nice piece it's it's obviously something that yeah like you say you, you you see around but don't necessarily give too much thought to and actually once you start seeing these instances of hostile design you you can't unsee them and and you only notice more and more of them and that that's really interesting as well and it was interesting to come at that from a a philosophical uh perspective i've heard it from a design perspective before i've heard it from a kind of a social justice perspective i guess yeah um but i've never heard it from a philosophical perspective this before and although most of the kind of points this most salient points kind of sit across all three of those angles it was still interesting to hear it from that different in different place yeah i really really enjoyed it i liked how it was packaged up and i liked how it it felt like it's something that i i could get my head around even though uh, certain aspects of philosophy scare me with their kind of vastness and their their complexity. Maybe that's just me, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. That's that's yeah, that's the bottom line. I enjoyed it, Jack. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, Phoebe, what did you reckon? Um, you know, I mean, it's interesting. I don't usually listen to podcasts like this. It reminds me of podcasts I used to listen to when I just started getting into podcasting, when I just started listening to podcasts, like 99% Invisible. Um, and it was, it was funny. I think they said that this episode was inspired by uh, 99% Invisible. Right. Mm. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's really interesting how they talk about both micro and macro levels. And that was something that I thought was really useful and helpful. And um, yeah, I think Freddie said you know, philosophy can be so big and heady and dense. And uh, I think they did break it down into something that was quite practical. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's very different than things I listen to because I usually listen to things that put sound design more at the forefront. And it did feel like this will, in this particular uh, episode, at least, I haven't listened to other episodes, that um, the content was a bit more at the forefront. Yes. Um, so, but I thought it was it was informative and it really broke things down in a practical way yeah yeah nice yeah it's definitely one where i think that it's kind of got that sheen that a lot of those shows have but uh, i didn't really think about that until you just mentioned it but you're right that there, there, there isn't much kind of which is interesting for a podcast on this subject but there's not say so much immersion in environment there's a lot of talk of uh uh, rollerbladers and, and and whatnot and uh, yeah it would have been one angle i guess to go down to to hear more of these public spaces and, and to be immersed in them i mean w- one thing i i found interesting and i wonder what you guys think is the fact that this podcast is kind of framed from that initial idea of awesomeness and sucking which i think the first time i heard this episode 
I struggled to kind of reconcile those two pieces. It almost felt like it kind of made a bit of a jump between them. But actually, I've listened to this episode, I think, three times now. And this theory of things being awesome because they open social doorways or, you know, things sucking because they shut them off, even though it started with someone miming to Bon Jovi in a baseball stadium or whatever, did somehow start to feel kind of relevant and actually quite pertinent near the end. But... I mean, did you guys have any thoughts on whether or not that felt like, I don't know, tacked on or, or, or whether it was something you felt kind of slipped into the, the story seamlessly? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it felt like a, a jumping off point and it felt like it, it did work. I, I admit it took me a couple of listens to really get my head around how those two things conflate and, and work together. Um, I did sort of get it. I feel like the thing that made it difficult for me to kind of understand and join the two things up was that there was so little time spent on it that I didn't quite get where we were going to with the awesomeness and sucking right. thing. And and then once I listened to it a few more times and listened to the rest of the episode a few more times, I was like, oh, okay, I can see how those things relate. But maybe maybe it was just that there wasn't uh, enough enough on that first bit for me to, to really understand the relevance of the two. I sort of got it on a really superficial level. I was like, well you know public space is awesome and hostile design sucks but like i, I think there, there was a deeper point to be had there that i i i didn't it took me a while to get and and to be honest uh, i could i could be bullshitting you I, I have no idea i could still be getting it wrong but that's the fun of philosophy right? isn't it real winners yeah 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 i'm curious what you feel like it is about if there is a deeper understanding of it because i don't know that i totally get it i think i get it on a superficial level as well i only listened to that particular section once um and i kind of skipped past it because it felt a little bro-y and reductive maybe right um right and i'm curious i'm curious freddie did you like what do you feel like that means Oh wow, you put me on the spot now, Phoebe. Um, no, that's fine. No, it's fine. Um, I don't know. I think. I think that. that yeah. I mean, you, you're you're right in the sense that it is perhaps a, a reductive way of, of talking about how things add to and take away from public discourse and public space. Um, I think it's a it's a kind of just a very simplistic metaphor, I guess. And I think, but maybe that's th- this was why I feel like maybe maybe there's just so much more to it that just didn't get covered off in the show that it almost sounds overly simplistic because we're missing half the detail i hope that's the Mm -hmm. case um otherwise it it might be very simplistic but i think i I sort of get the metaphor and i just i just i think there's more there i just i i can't want to hear it yeah yeah i would be interested in reading the book to see how they get deeper into that stuff because it's such simple language and so potentially overused language that i think that i'm a little bit confused about what it means exactly in this particular context Mm. um but yeah. look, we're we're in such a philosophical conversation right now <laughs> <It's> <laughs> about awesome and suckiness. Yeah, <laughs> this is what he wanted. Let's go to our second recommendation, which is yours, Phoebe. If you'd like to tell us about what podcast you brought to the table and uh, and why you like it. Yeah, sure. So um, it's interesting. It's interesting because when you asked me to come on the show, I I was like, I don't know that I actually listen to podcasts anymore that much. <laughs> I listen to pieces um, because I, I just think that, yeah, I, I like pieces because they kind of stand alone. And um, I also don't necessarily consider myself a podcast producer, which is, this makes things very awkward for this interview. But, uh, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, I would consider myself more of an artist because I came from the visual arts world and um, I kind of came into this industry feeling like it was an extension of the art that I do. Mm. And so mm. the idea of a podcast show is a little bit um, 
different than the kind of work that I do, where you know, like an installation or a painting, it's not is is not really unless you're doing like a painting series or something. It's very different than a show. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really interested in standalone episodes. And the episode that I love, it's one of my very favorite in the whole world, is a piece called The Leaves Frost Crisp Break from the Trees. And it's from a series called Between the Essays. Um, and I had to look a little bit into the history of this because it was a little bit confusing online. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, Between the Ears is kind of the BBC Radio 3's more adventurous radio series. Um, and on the 20th anniversary of it, they kind of wanted to bring that series to a broader audience. And so um, they took over one of the other shows on BBC Radio 3 called Between called The Essay. It's called The Essay, uh, and the Falling Tree Productions decided to create a series within The Essay called Between The Essays. And so they gave these radio producers a poem, and that was kind of a jumping-off point. Um, but it's by Jay Kranz, who's an Australian radio producer and musician and writer, and she is incredible. She's so, so good. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of hyped when I saw that this was affiliated with Radio 3, because... I do think it's pretty much the most badass of all the BBC radio stations just because it does all Mm -hmm. the really odd stuff like they have Late Junction on there which you know is a radio show that can go from crazy experimental folk music to you know modern sound art to anything really so they've got their finger on the button a lot of the time Um, and I thought this was I mean this was so my thing it's not even true Uh, I I love any pieces of work that work like this in this very fluid I don't know method of like poetic extrapolation where it's just sort of teasing out threads of its own making all the time Um, I think there's something so meaningful about taking one line of poetry and just seeing what you can do with that and seeing where it leads you seeing how many different ways people can interconnect with that line Uh, and if they're just left to to be carried away with it where do they end up Uh, I think especially Mm -hmm. considering and this makes me sound, I don't know, old, antsy, whatever. But like in a cultural landscape of where people uh, perhaps have uh, or, or are seen to have a more superficial relationship with with viewing or, or, or whatever via YouTube or whatever, where you view something once and move on, I think to ponder and contemplate on a particular poetic line is really wonderful. Um, yeah, totally. I love, I think, the way that the show, the episode kind of, transits between its individual sections in this almost like dreamlike way where the edges kind of melt into each other uh, and one Mm -hmm. person's story becomes another person's story was beautifully done i thought the music made that happen so well as well because you have this kind of long uh kind of string drones with harmonies coming up from beneath uh from between harmonies almost like a a musical analogy to what's going on within the 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 various interviews that they're doing where people are recalling their their kind of memories based on this line Uh, it's just there there was also some really nice little touches that you can kind of uh miss like i mean it's not really a little touch but the kid who gets asked about this and immediately just goes uh, and then my favorite song is i guess that's why they call it the blues and the actual track swoops in underneath and he does a rendition like or he or she does a little rendition of it it's like why is this relevant i think it just basically shows that you know children have the ability to make imaginative and poetic leaps of ever greater distance than we're capable of as adults a lot of the time um 
one final thing I want to mention is there's one point in the last story where um, a woman talks about leaving home at a young age. And she talks about that when she finally left home, um, she met a turning point in her life. And you can just hear an indicator in the background at that moment kind of flick on for just a second as a nice little, uh, almost like a little audio pun, which I thought was great. So yeah, I, considering the episode was about, what, 12, 13 minutes? I could probably mm -hmm. talk about it for like 40, 50, because there was a, a lot that I loved here. So yeah, really, really enjoyed this one. I feel I feel the same and I feel like I, I've probably not listened to it as many times as I want to because actually I think what happened was when we when we first uh, set this up and we put all our recommendations in the episode document I listened and I, I went away and did other things and then uh, recently re-listened again and I just got so much more out of it the next time mm -hmm. round that I thought mm -hmm. actually I probably need to listen to this like three or four more times because there's probably more stuff in here that I, I'll pick out because there's a lot going on and there's a lot going on in that short space of time those 13 14 minutes that there's a lot there's a lot to hear and there's a lot to listen to and 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 you know some of that's foreground and background and some of that may or may not be as important as other bits but I feel like with each listen I'm, I'm picking out different things and I, I I'm getting something different from it and I think that ironically is kind of how you know you were saying Jack about the the idea of taking a single line of poetry just listening to one thing over and over again and and getting something new from it or finding different you know different kind of joy in it and mm. that's kind of what i felt this did really really well was it, it was it it's layered up so much stuff there's so there's so much here to, to 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 take in that actually every time i every time i you know it just makes me want to go back to it over and over again because i feel like i'm going to get more and more out of it um it's 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 a just really beautifully done it's a really really nice piece and um i think you know as as far as 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 using audio um to 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 get across emotions or tell a story or whatever you want to call it i think this is a, a really amazing amazing example of how it can be done really really well mm -hmm. yeah i the thing is like i feel like it's a painting you know right um mm. it, and it really feels like art to me and i know that's like a really mm, muddy distinction by saying that pod the difference between podcasts and art and i don't really know what the line is or where the crossover is or mm. i mean of course some people do consider their podcasts art but for me listening to this it's so undeniable that this is a piece of art right it's sort of interesting because you have hi-fi nation which is a philosophical podcast but then this is also tapping into something philosophical but in a totally different way yeah um where it's tapping into things that are much more subconscious i would say through sound yeah mm. um and it's so true that every time I listen back to it, I'm, I'm like, oh, my gosh, how did I miss this entire section? Or um, <laughs> how it evokes different imagery in your own mind from your yeah. own experiences. Mm -hmm. um, like, I remember the first time I listened to this where it talks about the person pressing her hands against her eyes and um, like running around in circles. Um, mm. And I just remembered when I was a kid, I used to be in my garage just rollerblading in circles over and over and over. <laughs> and I was like, why am I thinking about this right now? You know, but uh, just how certain images evoke other images and how that's essentially the whole one of the big um, through lines of the piece. Right. Mm. right. Um, and so the fact that it could evoke images within my own mind about my personal experiences um, made me feel like it was a really effective um, piece in that way. And then also there are, there are points, if you listen very carefully, where she uses sounds that like you might not think of using in a particular scene, but it evokes really visceral feelings within you. Um, and that's something that's really interesting to me, using sound that doesn't make sense 
necessarily mm. in a scene, um, mm. but using it because it makes you feel a certain way. And so, yeah, I love this piece. I, I really do think that the more I listen to it, the more I get out of it. And I love that about art is what I love about certain art pieces is that the more time you spend with them, the more you can get from them. Um, and so the people who spend more time with them are gifted with more. Um, mm. And that's something that I really want to do in my own art, where if you really invest the time, then you'll receive more than other people who don't. Mm-hmm. And to like hide little treats within it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But I just love this piece. Yeah. Jay, Jay is just brilliant to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I guess what we're saying is if, if you're listening to this episode and you're going to go and check out um, your recommendation, Phoebe, they should, everyone should probably go and listen to it a few times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting, I think, because I was going to ask, like, uh, you, you make the distinction between this as a piece of art and, and uh, mm-hmm. a podcast. What gave this episode the, the movement that it had, or what, what I thought might give it the movement that it has, is the fact that perhaps it's a piece of radio rather than a podcast, that mm. it's something that, at least originally, not so much anymore, obviously, but is designed to kind of exist in the air for just a moment uh, and then dissolve, which I think something that has this sort of floating quality to it, like this does, the fact that it sort of seeps in and out of the ether like quite quickly, I, I thought would be quite appropriate. But obviously, it's also something that warrants repeat listens as well. So that kind of runs in contradiction to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think something I think about a lot is how much you need a beginning, middle and end, right? Or mm-hmm. um, a very concrete, this is what the story is about. Um, or I think a lot of podcasts nowadays are very writerly. And I feel like this particular piece kind of breaks all that down. Yeah, yeah I, I I just think it breaks the format a lot of yeah. what you would tr- typically consider nowadays, at least, what a podcast is. Yeah, like what is this piece about, really? Um, and that the 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 fact that it can be so many different things is really beautiful to me. Yeah, particularly when you get certain words just repeated over themselves once, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. why did that get emphasis? And it could be just a phonetic thing, or or like a something that just felt nice in production, or but it sometimes it's just something that you end up hanging your thoughts on. You're like, okay, why am I hearing that word again? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, feels a bit like a little treasure map. Yeah. And I, I also feel like there's some stakes here too, right? Like, um, I feel like Jay's searching for something and it's important for her to find it through these interviews. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've talked to her a little bit about this piece and I do get the sense that she's looking for something. And um, I don't I don't know. It's again, it's a very muddy distinction because in other podcast pieces, you know, they also may be searching for something, but does that make sense? I don't know if this is making sense. Oh, Matt, like, well, I think particularly it makes sense in the context of listening to, uh, oh gosh, the name has slipped out of my head, but you did a piece for, is it Constellation? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was there some kind of kinship that you felt there and the fact that I know that that piece yes. dealt with a lot of the ideas of searching for something, but something quite indistinct as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think I had listened to Jay's piece after I made the boat piece and immediately I there it did feel like oh my gosh, kindred spirits. <laughs> um yeah, I mean it does feel a little bit like searching for something and you don't exactly know what you're searching for, but you are searching for something and it's important that you go through that process. Um and this very much felt like a similar thing to that so yeah i really appreciate you bringing up that piece because it it does 
to me, the two pieces do kind of circle around similar things. Yeah. What's the name of that piece for people who want to check that out? Sure. It's called In Search of the Miraculous, parentheses, Baz Yan Adur, and parentheses. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. <Thanks. laughs> okay. Right. So we got one more recommendation on the table. Freddie, it's yours. Freddie? That's mine. And, tell us all and, about it. Sorry. Yeah. I was I, still I, talking. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was rambling on. so long. <laughs> you can tell we've had Christmas off. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, this is a podcast that definitely has a beginning, middle and end within the episode. Uh, this is this is lore. Um, and it's a podcast that I think has sat in my feed almost as long as I've had a podcast app on my phone. Um, and in that time, it seems to have grown from a, a standalone podcast into a, a kind of small mini empire built around lore, uh, the yeah. podcast. So there's now lore, the, 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 the book series, uh, the Amazon did a prime original series about it. There are two other podcasts that uh, the host, Aaron Mankey, did. So there there's there's a lot there but i kind of stuck with with the original podcast law um and it's just uh, it was just one that i um i've i've probably only listened to about five or six episodes now and i just kind of pick it up every now and then so i haven't really listened to uh the show in any particular order because plenty of the episodes are standalone which which is which is great but i just really really enjoyed it as as a kind of um short and sweet i guess fairly short fairly sweet um show where there's a there's, there's a story and uh and it there's there's nothing there's nothing overly um clever or complicated about it i guess it's it's pretty straightforward there's some there's some lovely music that's set to it but other than that it's just a really uh nice show with a with a, with a story um i think um aaron does a does a lovely job in terms of how he's written it in terms of moving that story forward but providing kind of a, a really good level of detail to the point where in, in this particular um episode that place to lay your head which is the one that i recommended um the way he describes um the house and the scenes i totally got in my head straight away i could really really imagine the place and the kind of scene setting he does in terms of the kind of history of america at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the episode really helped me to kind of place it in a specific period of time mm. so i really really enjoyed that and obviously he brings it back to this whole idea of trust and community which uh, you know i i didn't know whether it was 100 percent necessary i i sort of got where it was going but i personally just enjoyed the the story itself but and uh you know i uh, i just enjoyed it for kind of what it was really um yeah jack what did you think yeah i've had some well two very different experiences listening to this story because there was the first time which was many months ago now and it's not a style of podcast that i gravitate towards normally it's a kind of presentation Mm. of a story and what is ultimately compared to a lot of podcasts quite a matter of fact and unembellished way i mean it certainly has that appearance and i know that it's as you say freddie like a lot of the context and uh, the decision to describe and bring certain things to the fore is clearly painstakingly played out but i think it's it's a very much a, a kind of almost a documentarian's approach to the events whereby mm. it's the main focus is on what happened not necessarily what his face looked like or whether he had a you know mole on his left cheek or whatever it's just like these are the events that took place um mm. and essentially so this this episode seemed to be about a, a family who took in travelers traveling across america uh and then these travelers started to go missing 
and it's about the the quest to discover exactly what happened to these travelers who went missing and as you say it's got the kind of uh, connection to an overarching theme or, or something that comes up at the the forefront of the podcast this idea of trust which kind of colors the listening experience to a certain extent i mean certainly it felt like something that i was kind of listening for a, a, a link in terms of like the the theme that was presented early on and the story and like you freddie i think i got one but it, it didn't feel entirely like it it needed to be stated so explicitly i think there's a lot to derive from that story you know just without being kind of guided to to a particular reading but I have to say, I mean, listening again recently and in the advent of actually being recommended the Unexplained podcast, which we spoke to Zachary Corsa about like, uh, you know, a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. which is a very similar podcast where events are explained in a very matter of fact way uh, and linked to an overarching theme. But I-, I felt like I got more out of it after listening to unexplained because i felt like i started to understand okay this is a style of doing podcasts where the story is is quite plainly put but you're encouraged to think more about the content and yeah i mean i mean it was it was fine like i i don't think it's one that i'm going to come back to loads i didn't feel like a huge emotional connection to it uh but obviously i think what aaron's done with law and creating it into everything that it is is quite something and quite amazing and clearly indicates that it's got a lot of appeal to a lot of people so a lot of admiration for that but uh i, I think just personally uh, i don't feel this kind of a, a emotional connection going on so much but um, phoebe mm. what, what what do you think yeah i had a similar feeling to it i think it's really well researched and written um i think it's probably not the style of podcast i generally gravitate towards um mm. but i appreciated that it um it was able to tell a story and then also offer a bit of a broader context mm. um so when they're talking about the displacement of people um like native americans i thought that was really interesting that they're able to talk about that even though they're talking about murder story right well, of of like you know people in a a hotel i don't know exactly what they called it i don't remember but um yeah i also think it's gonna heighten my paranoia a lot <laughs> right. i will never trust anyone ever again <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah i thought it was i thought it was it was it was interesting that it was just it was it was writing essentially scored writing with no scene tape um but it felt like if i wanted to hear just a Story. I mean, it almost had something like a, a fairy tale or a bedtime story, something like right, that. Yeah. Almost like like when you're going to bed and someone's reading to you. Yeah, almost had that kind of vibe to it. So yeah, I don't know that I would return over and over, but I think it's it's well done for what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think it's. I think I think the the bedtime story kind of uh, vibe that you, you've picked up on there it definitely kind of hits the nail on the head for kind of why I listen. Not that I listen to this as my bedtime story because <laughs> right, it wouldn't wouldn't go down well at all. Um, but I, I definitely listen to it because I I, I almost it almost feels and I don't want to uh, uh, degrade or dismiss this this podcast by by saying making this comparison, but it almost feels a little bit like an audio book, but. Yeah. This is obviously yeah, totally. uh, there's more thought into it than an audiobook where usually someone just reads the book. But I, you know, I, I think I think it does have that kind of. I know exactly what I'm getting in terms of a format and a structure. And sometimes you need that. Um, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you want something completely different. But um, yeah, I kind of I kind of like it for that reason. But it's yeah, it's interesting you picked up on that as the as the kind of. Um, 
yeah the kind of the, the kind of bedtime story type thing it's it, it does feel like it, feel, it feels like going camping and being told scary stories yeah. right totally <laughs> like the older sister trying to scare the shit out of you or something yeah <laughs> exactly that exactly that and and now i'm not gonna sleep tonight because i'm having flashbacks no it's fine uh, <laughs> it's cool it's cool um yeah no <laughs> Hang uh, in there, I, thanks thanks <laughs> Yeah, this this idea of uh, the whole trust thing. There was a moment halfway through, which I think to me felt really odd, where he was kind of going through similar ideas where you would like to, you, you, you utilize trust, you know, like you trust your phone to work. You trust, you know, this, this that and the other. It felt mm. like very menial things. Like, I do trust my phone to work, but, you know, and I also do trust that strangers aren't going to clobber me like, uh, if I go to theirs to, to just stay over a night but it felt very weird to suddenly switch to that context of you know having no signal on your iPhone I, I don't know whether that was a device to try and just bring everything together like it's all about trust but the the mm. context switch felt suddenly quite like oh okay this is where we are now you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because I don't necessarily trust that my iPhone will work. I don't think I don't think there's an emotional connection. <laughs> right. I think I'm I'm more take it for granted that it'll work, right? I, yeah. I don't know if I, I I don't know if I trust it in the sense that I like trust you, Jack. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you know. Um, but that was a moment that slightly jarred for me. Um, and I I kind of just tried to uh, yeah interpret it slightly differently, I guess, in the sense of like. Maybe the maybe the better phrasing is is taken for granted, but I don't want to I don't want to rewrite poor Aaron's podcast because that's that's not fair on me either. <laughs> if you're listening, Aaron. Um, so I want to uh, also ask Phoebe you a few questions about your work. I mean, it sounds like that you've had quite a few months in the sense that obviously Third Coast uh, you won an award. Was it Best New Artist? Yeah, that's it awesome. Was. Congrats. That's go. That's <laughs> Thank so good. you. Um, Thank you so much. And I saw that obviously Nancy as well, the podcast Nancy from WNYC, um, put God and the Gays in their feed just recently as well. So it seems that that's still finding resonance for a lot of people. Um, yeah, it's so wild. Yeah. yeah. What's that been like? I mean, obviously it's a show that came out, I, I can't remember how long ago, but I listened to it pretty much when it came out on The Heart. Um, and obviously knowing now that it's still coming into people's feeds, what's it been like, The uh, uh, you know, having this show or this this episode that you put out continue to have resonance with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that um, I'm really grateful that it resonates with people. Um, it was. It definitely felt like. It definitely feels like it, it's something that's become much bigger than myself. Right. Even though it, it is a personal story, I've heard from a lot of people, and I'm so grateful to hear from them as well. And I think that one of the things is I made the piece because I felt very alone in being ex-Christian and also queer um because i think that so much of the queer narrative in the media that we see um just is like shits on christians and shits on conservatives but if you're in the situation where um you formerly held some of those beliefs it doesn't leave a lot of room for caring for who you used to be because that's still part of who you are now and so yeah i felt quite alone in that and i've heard from a lot of people and i can definitively say that nobody is alone in that situation i mean of course, everyone has their own unique situations, but there are a lot of people um, who seem to be in that situation. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, you You asked how I feel about it still being um, dropped in feeds. I think it's tricky because it was my first piece that I really released and made. And so I feel like 
how I would make it now is very different than I did then. Um, and as an artist, I care a lot about craft. And um, I think I was still really trying to find my footing as a sound designer and as a sound artist. And so it's interesting seeing a piece go out where it's about my story, but it doesn't necessarily feel like my my artistic voice anymore. Right. Um, and so... That's something that I've had to kind of let go of because um, when it came back out, I was like, oh, my God, this is the only piece I'm ever going to be known for. (laughs) (laughs) And um, like In Search of the Miraculous, which I made for Constellations or um, the latest piece that I made for the BBC called The Lottery, I would say those are much closer to um, how I want to be making work. But it just has taken me a bit to find that spot. But the content I see... I understand is really um, resonating with people. And I feel like um, I feel really grateful for that. And so it feels separate from me now. It, it feels I, I don't know how to explain exactly, except that it feels like when you release something, something into the world, it kind of is not yours anymore. Yes. Does that kind of make sense? Um, and it kind of takes on a life of its own and people do what they wish to do with it. Um, and as long as it's out there and helping people still, um, I feel fine about it being released over and over. Um, I think it probably in 10 years I will remake it (laughs) Um, and kind of maybe match it more towards what I would consider my artistic voice. But yeah, I'm grateful that people are listening to it still and and resonate with it. You you spoke about the the lottery as well, which I listened to today, which is great. I mean, it's... Thank you. uh, I mean, how it starts is wonderful because I think I've seen you talk about the fact that you do document a lot of your life and the fact that it starts with you basically announcing that you're planning to interview this taxi driver (laughs) and it kicks off from there is, I mean, it's wonderful to hear uh, the moment where you're, uh, not the moment that you start talking to someone and it feels like a conversation that you're listening in on, but the friction Mm -hmm. of, okay, here's my audio device, I'm going to record our conversation, which you don't always get. So... Um, mm-hmm. That was lovely, but uh, I'm intrigued to to know. I mean, how many conversations do you have like that where you? <laughs> you... <laughs> See, it was it was fantastic to listen to, but I was like, is this something that was just a a chance encounter? Where you're like, oh, you know, this is one time where I decided to record a taxi driver, and this happened, or or how many times do you ha- you know how often do you have these kind of conversations? Yeah, I think that um, especially when I was first starting out, I would I had my recorder on all the time, and then I just realized that um, you 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 come up with so much tape that you're it's almost impossible to go through it all again, and so I'll carry my recorder with me quite frequently, and if some if something I don't know I don't know how to explain it except that sometimes you just get the gut feeling that something is about to happen mm. um, that you don't want to forget or that you want to be able to share with other people. Um, I had my recorder on me, and then when I got into this particular taxi, I don't know, this person was just so funny. He was so funny and warm and kind. And so I was just like, like, could I interview you? And could I turn on my recorder? And he he was like, oh, come to the front, come to the front. I don't know, that's just never happened to me before. <laughs> like I've, I've interviewed other cab drivers, and so I have, I don't know, maybe like you know, over five, maybe five to 10 recordings of cab drivers. Um, I'll frequently record my friends, uh, my girlfriend I'll record. Um, I'll take it if we're going on a hike. Um, and maybe if we're by a creek, I'll pull it out. But I don't know. I think that more and more nowadays, at this particular moment, and by this particular moment, I mean like today, <laughs> not even yesterday or tomorrow. <laughs> 
um, I think at this particular moment, I'm I'm more interested in living. Um, right. Because I also find that the minute you turn on a recorder, the moment becomes a little bit different. Yes, um, absolutely. And it kind of sucks a little bit of the air out of the room. And I have some friends, um, very dear friends, who have expressed that when the recorder is on, they feel like I'm trying to get something out of them. Right. Um, and I never want to be exploitative or make other people feel uncomfortable. Mm. And um, like... For me, it's more of a way of processing the world, um, yeah. or I'll bring it to concerts because I don't, I I feel really awkward dancing at concerts, um, and so I'll just be holding the recorder, and it gives me a purpose to be in the room, right? Um, and so it becomes almost like a social lubricant in a lot of ways. Um, but I also never want to make people uncomfortable. So if they express that they don't want me to be recording around them, I never will. But yeah, I mean, that's a very long rambling response to your question um i have a lot of tape i've had to come up with a pretty big system to archive it all um (laughs) but nowadays i'm trying to back off a little bit on it and just observe more and journal more Mm. um, and then record a little more selectively yeah Yeah. and it's such a big question i asked in fact that very question to a a field recordist the other day which was do Mm. you worry about the experience of listening being degraded by the fact that you're listening through the the medium of either, well, headphones for one thing, but also Mm. the intention of capture rather than just experiencing. So it's interesting Mm -hmm. to get another perspective on that. Um, Yeah. But also as well, I mean, you mentioned you end up with a huge archive of audio. And Mm -hmm. in a lot of your pieces uh, that I've listened to, you you, you have pieces from, you know, throughout various years and various different conversations. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering when you go to make a piece of audio, I mean, how easy is it to stay on task with doing the piece and not get sucked into kind of a, a vortex of <laughs> memories and past experiences because you know i have a box of memories at home uh if i pick it up uh, and you know it's got all school books and stuff I, I basically black out for two hours and emerge on the other side right. and remember where i am so how do you stay on track when you're doing these pieces yeah I mean, it's funny because the thing is, when I'm making pieces, I usually don't know what they're about. Right. Um, so, for instance, with the lottery, um, Eleanor McDowell, bless her heart, um, of Falling Tree Productions and Shortcuts, she took my pitch and I was like, you know, I'm probably not going to know what this is even about until I'm 75% of the way through. And she was like, great, do it. Um, <laughs> Shortcuts is good really, for that. <laughs> yeah, which is just so incredible um, to have that kind of trust and room to experiment and so I kind of just dive headfirst into it and, and uh, let myself get lost in blackout a little bit. <laughs> um, and so I'll kind of create an audio session where I drag in um, a whole bunch of raw audio from different moments of my life. Because my theory is that all of our conversations kind of circle around the same thing mm. if, we're, if, if something is kind of on our subconscious I don't know if that makes sense. It's kind of weird, but... No, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like, especially because, I don't know, I have this feeling that I'm searching for something that I'm never going to find, which is about, which is what one of the In Search of the Miraculous is about. Um, and so when I pull together all of my raw audio, I have a feeling that it's trying to say something as a whole. Um, and so I'll take out little chunks that really um, pop out and then I'll say, what is this telling me? Mm. Um, or like, what story is this trying to tell? Um, so I'm OK with kind of getting lost and blacking out 
in all of the memories and getting sidetracked. But it just takes a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that like the kind of work that I make takes a lot of failure. But um, I think that in order to get to making um, the story that you want to make, you have to make a lot of bad ones in the iterating process. So it takes a lot of time and a lot of failure, I would say. Wow. Well, yeah. like I say, I've had a really nice time listening through your pieces. And in fact, we should... Mm, me too. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. We should encourage others to, to do the same as well. So, I mean, if people want to check out... And I should say, actually, as well, I mean, obviously, we're focused on, on audio today, but you do many works, installation-based pieces outside of the realm of audio. Um, but if yeah. people want to check out your website... Uh, where should they be doing that? What's the URL? Yes, they can go to phoebewang.com or um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at phoebswang, F-E-E-B-S-W-A-N-G. Great. And Freddie, where are we on the internet? We are at episode.party on the internet if you want to go and find all of our previous episodes and all of our show notes where we'll have links to all of the uh, podcasts we discussed today as well as Phoebe's work. Um, we're at episode underscore party on Twitter as well if you want to get in touch with us, recommend us an episode or anything like that. Great. You're getting really good at doing that, by the way. Oh, well, that was real smooth. Yeah. Wow. That was really impressive. So that, I, that's why I go silent for about the last 10 minutes of the podcast because I'm just, <laughs> just preparing for that moment. <laughs> it's so worth it, honestly. Wow. It, yeah, it all came out at once real quick, you know, just all in one go. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll go uh, with that. Amazing. Well, thank you once again, guys, and to everyone listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>Hi, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to Episode Party. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye.